Welcome to TaxTube's Taxplanations. This is the third of our short series on changes to the OECD's model tax convention that were finally adopted towards the end of last year. The series explains the main changes so you can better understand and anticipate what's coming up. Of course, this is no substitute for reading the update itself, but listening to this taxplanation will certainly take you less time than reading through all 300 plus pages of the update. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at the changes to the Permanent Establishment article. Some major changes have been made to the definition of permanent establishments in the Model Convention. The main purpose behind those changes is to prevent companies avoiding having a taxable presence in a state through artificial constructions. The result is an expanded definition of the PE concept in Article 5 of the Model. There are three main changes. The first two deal with the physical concept of a PE. The first of these deals with the list of activities that are deemed not to constitute a PE, such as procurement or warehousing. Although these activities are often referred to as the preparatory or auxiliary exceptions, there was a concern that in some cases these activities could escape PE qualification, even when they were actually the core activities of the company concerned. The new text makes it clear that the exception will only apply if the activity in question is in fact preparatory or auxiliary. So if the company's business is warehousing, warehousing activities carried out abroad may constitute a taxable PE. In practice, the change will not be that significant, and for most states it will not be more than a clarification of what was already in the commentary. The second change to the definition of a physical PE is aimed at activities carried on at more than one location in the same jurisdiction. The concern was that by artificially splitting up a business in this way, some or all of the activities would escape PE qualification by relying on the preparatory or auxiliary exception. There are several variations on this theme captured by the new text, but the basic idea is that if the activities in question are complementary and part of a cohesive whole, they would constitute PEs. This idea is already set out in the commentary, so the change is really to take it to a higher level by including it in the treaty text itself. The other set of PE changes relates to the PE agency concept, and here there are three key changes. The first is designed to stop the practice of using commissionaire arrangements to avoid PE status. These structures worked in certain jurisdictions because of their special agency law rules. A strict reading of the wording of the agency PE article meant that a foreign company could sell goods in that country through an intermediary which from a commercial perspective was acting as an agent, but without creating a taxable PE. That would not be possible under the new text. This will be a significant practical change for those states that currently recognize the commissionaire structures in this way. The second change to the PE agency concept is to stop companies avoiding PE status by making sure that the formal conclusion of contracts takes place back in the head office. Under a strict reading of the old OECD model text, there would be no PE in that case because the local intermediary does not formally conclude the contracts. Under the new wording, there will be a PE if the intermediary plays the principal role in the negotiations leading to the conclusion of the contracts. A similar idea was again already in the former commentary, so the main effect of the change means that it will be given more weight generally, at least in those treaties that are changed to include it. The third and final change to the agency PE concept concerns the definition of an independent agent. This is practically important because an independent agent cannot constitute a PE. 
The concern here was that multinational groups were using group companies as sales intermediaries and claiming that they did not constitute a PE because they were independent from the rest of the group. Under the new model text, these companies will constitute a PE. The basic idea is that they will be caught if they act exclusively or almost exclusively for one or more group companies, even if they would otherwise have qualified as independent. The old commentary already suggested that exclusive or semi-exclusive agency arrangements may not qualify as independent, so what this change does is make this absolutely clear for related party agency arrangements. Obviously, the proposed changes to the Model Convention will only be relevant if they are included in a particular treaty, and the multilateral instrument gives the opportunity to do that on a large scale. However, there are extensive opt-out possibilities for these provisions under the multilateral instrument, and in practice many countries appear to have taken advantage of these. That's all for now on the changes to the OECD Model Tax Convention. In our next and final episode, we'll be taking a look at the new article on treaty avoidance and changes regarding the mutual agreement procedure for resolving tax treaty disputes. To get regular updates, including more details such as background reports or the full text of this taxpanation, sign up for free on your iPhone. Just visit us on taxtube.net to find out how. Until then, this is Barry Larking thanking you for listening to TaxTube's Taxplanations.